We all crave connection. At our core, we all want to feel loved and understood. Hi, I'm Nechami, founder of Carmela Cosmetics, a company that produces high-performance natural beauty products and is dedicated to uniting and empowering women through the power of color. This is We Are Women, a podcast where women speak their truth and celebrate their victories. This podcast came about as a way to give a voice to all women because we all have stories to share. It's a place where we'll learn about each other and ourselves, dive into important issues that affect us, discover all that we have in common, and make some memories. So pour yourself a glass of red and get comfortable. Every night is ladies' night, and we are women. I am so excited for tonight's interview with Danielle and Janito. We actually connected a while back via Facebook and been following each other ever since. Danielle is a certified spiritual empowerment coach and intuitive Reiki master who suffered from a devastating divorce after a toxic marriage to a narcissist. During this interview, Danielle shares her story of healing to wholeheartedly accepting herself as she is and now she helps women heal from narcissistic relationships. She shares her experience being married to a narcissist and the importance of awareness and tuning in to what's happening in order to take ownership of our lives and begin the healing journey. She speaks about breaking the generational cycle, how she took ownership and ended the cycle of toxic marriages that plagued generations before her, and shares her journey from working as a certified public accountant to utilizing energy modalities to help heal her clients. Danielle discusses her new book, It's Not You, It's Your Energy, and how she realized that energy is a science and an important healing tool. Danielle has learned to turn her pain into power and now helps other women do the same. I am so excited for you to hear this episode. We really delve deep into her story and the topic of narcissistic relationships here. I can't wait for you to learn and be inspired. I feel like I had two sides to me as a child. Like I was very shy, but like people wouldn't have thought I was shy. Um, you know, if I, if I knew you, I was kind of outgoing. Um, but other than that, I was very like, didn't like to just come up to people and talk to people. I was very kind of held back and shy, but looking back on it, like I was definitely suffering as a child. So I think that some of that outgoingness really kind of was a mask for some of the hurt that I was going through. Yeah. So, so when did you kind of shift to, to that more, I guess, outgoing or less inhibited personality? Um, I don't know that I have shifted. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, you know, as a child, that's how I was. And I, I was very independent though, and very kind of, uh, the leader as well as even though I was being shy. So I kind of held through like even college years, like I was always trying to help people like, you know, get out of their comfort zone or like really love themselves. Like that's always been a thing for me is like just really helping people love themselves. Um, it wasn't until recently, probably about three years ago, um, even more recent, like probably about two years ago where I really started to really dive deep into my healing, which then allowed me to accept who I am. And then like, now I can like talk to people on the streets. Like I used to never be able to do that. But like now, like I just had a conversation with somebody at the park and stuff. Like usually I would just like keep to myself, like hope nobody talks to me. Um, but now I feel like I can, you know, do podcasts and like talk to people and 
and I'm not nervous about it. I don't even have to like prepare or think about it. It's just like, just comes naturally now. So yeah, it's only so recent that that happened. Wow. That's, that's cool. That's really, that's great. So what was like the catalyst that, that brought that on? Let's talk about, let's go back a few years to when you met your husband. Uh, let's see. I was, I don't know who the heck I was at that point. Um, I was just trying to find love, you know, and it was very, if you want to hear this story, it was very weird. I went to um, one of my friends from college, which was a guy, I went to his bachelor party and his, the girl that he was marrying was also a friend of mine from college. We all went to the same college, but her brother was there. So I actually met my husband at a bachelor party. That that should have told me one thing, right? but yeah, so I was definitely outgoing, especially I was drinking a lot. So when I was drinking, I was definitely a lot more outgoing than than I was just without drinks. But um, yeah, it kind of, we hit it off right off the bat and everything just took place. And I think it was like two years later, we were married. Wow. Okay. So could you share the story of what happened and how you realized that you were in a marriage that that wasn't healthy for you, to say the least? Yeah. So, you know, so everything was good in the beginning. Um, things started to pan out. Like I, I started to see things like him watching porn all the time. Um, maybe even like, I don't know, six or seven months into our relationship. Um, so things started to really kind of stick out to me that these, I call them red flags, right? So these red flags, but I was in such a place of codependency, which to me is like seeking that validation outside of yourself, seeking the love outside of yourself that like I ignored all those red flags. So, um, you know, through our marriage and stuff, like everything was good. And like, well, right before our marriage, uh, right before our wedding, actually, I remember standing in my living room and saying to myself, like, I don't think I should be doing this. Like, I, I don't feel good about this. I think it was my intuition that was really hitting me at that point. And my best friend even tells me to this day, which I don't even remember talking to her about it, but she was like, yeah, you told me this. And I was like, oh my gosh, I did. <laughs> like, you know, and she was like, yeah, but I just supported you. I was like, yeah, hey, that was okay. Um, but after that, especially when we had children, that's when everything started to change because everything wasn't about him anymore. It was about the kids. So things really started to look different, like, um, because I wasn't giving him as much attention as he always you know, expected. Um, so he started to treat me differently. We started to fight a lot. Um, and things just kind of took a downward spiral from there. I, I realized that there was a lot of sexual issues there that I wasn't really fully aware of prior to that, which a lot has to do with narcissism. Um, and then just realizing that he just wasn't there for us, like wasn't really a uh, interactive father, wasn't really, you know, just wanted me, me, me all the time. And I just couldn't take it anymore. And I did, I tried to heal myself because, you know, this was a narcissistic relationship and with them, like they just make everything about you. Like it's all my fault. So I went on this healing journey for myself of like trying to fix the way that I thought I went on exercise program. I started eating healthy. I tried to switch my thinking because I thought like, if I could heal myself, then I could heal the relationship because obviously if it was my fault, then if I fix me, then the relationship would be fixed but it didn't really go that way. So. Right, right. Are you comfortable giving some examples of narcissistic behavior? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so narcissists really, you know, the, the way that I explain narcissism, because we use this term a lot in society, and it's like just somebody that has a really big ego and really thinks about themselves like they're the greatest. 
but it's actually not what narcissism is. And narcissism really is about the lack of empathy for somebody else. And when they have that lack of empathy, I mean, they do think that they're always right. They also have a very blurred sense of reality. They think that what they think is the absolute truth and nothing else is true. So when they think that you are the problem, they literally think that you are the problem and that they have nothing to do with it. So it does go along with, yes, their ego is inflated, um, but there's so much more to it. So there's controlling behaviors. A lot of women that I work with are, um, you know, addicted to the sex that they have because they watch a lot of porn. A lot of them watch a lot of porn and they get good at what they do in bed. So therefore that keeps us stuck to them as well. So they know that as well. Um, so controlling, especially around finances, they'll try to isolate you. They do something called gaslighting, which is making you feel like you're the crazy one. Like you really start to doubt yourself and you really start to feel bad about yourself. These are toxic relationships. Like there are toxic relationships where when you're just not a good fit, like you're just butting heads all the time and arguing, but like a toxic narcissistic relationship is really where they are depleting you. They are making you feel like you are less of a person. They make you feel like you're crazy and you literally, you know, belong in a crazy bin or whatever, in a loony bin. Um, but yeah, so you really have to open your eyes because I had no idea that that's what I was in until afterwards. And even after two years of therapy, nobody even mentioned the word narcissism to me. So I was like, when I learned about this, it really started to help me heal. And then I was like, I have to spread the news here because I'm sure so many women and men um, are dealing with narcissists and they're just unaware of it. For sure. For sure. Yeah. But how did you even know to that something was wrong that you had to leave the relationship? Yeah, there was, um, I don't really like to talk about the night that happened, but you know, I, I tried to fix myself. And actually I remember sitting at the coffee shop the day before going, wow, things are really better. Like I'm, I'm actually happy. I was talking to one of my friends and I, who was having trouble with her husband. And I was like, things are really good. Like you have hope. Right. And then the very next day we went out to a retirement party and things just went down after that. Some sexual issues happened and, um, I just, I couldn't stay anymore. So I had to leave. He had to leave. I asked him to leave the house. I just knew that I couldn't go back because I had, I had been struggling with that decision for a few years. Like I had asked him to move downstairs. Um, somehow he weaseled himself back into the bedroom. Um, but I just couldn't do it. Like, you know, I know a lot of women definitely will suffer with the, uh, is it the right thing to do for my children? And I had two small kids. They were six and three at the time. So it was a really hard decision, even though I knew I should leave and that I would probably be happier. Like, it's really hard to make that decision, especially when you have the children. But looking back now, like, I'm glad that I did because I wasn't um, a healed person, you know, like a good role model for my kids. I was I was numb inside. So I knew that I had to leave. And especially after that night, there was no choice for me to go back. Right. It's so interesting how sometimes it takes something so drastic, like that night, whatever happened, to make someone leave a relationship. And sometimes we just need that real push, you know? So yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. I feel like I, you know, I work a lot with the universe because um, I, I am a psychic medium, but um, I really feel as though we get those little nudges to do it. And then if we don't do it, the universe steps in and is like, okay, this is not your path. Like, let's go. Like, and they, they've, force you you know and that's like the tower moment in tarot where it just all comes down 
instead if you had listened to it a little bit earlier you could have had it on your terms rather than like life destruction so yeah yeah and it's also you mentioned about your kids that I sometimes there's this misconception that people have that if they get divorced all of a sudden they're gonna their kids are gonna be raised in a broken family but the truth is look how happy you are I'm sure you're the best mom you could be now rather than the way that you were when you were in this toxic marriage oh my gosh yes like and I hate saying this and kids, if you listen to this in the future, I love you. But when I was in that marriage, like I didn't enjoy being a mom. I was completely numb inside. I was in survival mode. I was just trying to get through the day. I couldn't be the mom that they needed me to be. And now that I'm separated from that and I don't have to deal with that, I am, you know, and I've also healed myself. I've had the time and they gave me the reason to do that. Um, I, I feel like I am the best mom that I can be you know, because I'm teaching them what I've learned as well, which is breaking the cycles because, you know, my parents, toxic relationships, all of it. So breaking the cycles as well. So yeah, you know, I usually tell my clients, like, you know, don't be afraid to leave because of the kids. Like that's just an excuse where the kids will definitely deal with it and it will be rough in the beginning. But like, ultimately, I think my kids are happier now because they've got two houses, two Christmases, <laughs> you know, like they get to do two things, two vacations. It's like, you know, so it's, it will work out. You just have to give it time and space in the very beginning to let everybody heal. Right. For sure. Yeah. And you, you mentioned breaking the cycle. Did, did you experience that growing up like some sort of toxic? Yeah. My, yes. Every really, my mother was married uh, three times. So with my father, um, that was toxic. Um, he wasn't even around a lot. And I didn't even talk to him for nine years when I was a child from like the ages of like 12 to like, um, you know, 20 or something. But, um, and then she got married to somebody else. That was a very toxic relationship. And then now she's married to somebody, which is also a toxic relationship. So, you know, and it's, it's just the cycles. And even like my grandparents, even though they were together for a really long time, it wasn't that loving, you know, beautiful relationship. It was more arguing and, you know, stuff like that. So I definitely think that it's, it's about breaking the cycles of toxic relationships because we learn. So we learn, especially for codependents who need that love outside of themselves. They don't really learn boundaries from their parents if they don't have any. So we learn these behaviors going forward. Right. It's so interesting. I feel, I feel like, you know, you, you know how sometimes like you hear or you're, you're, you read about an idea and then things just keep coming like the universe just sends things your way it's like the same thing I just read a book on um a couple days ago actually I forgot what it was called but it was something like oh it, it's called it ends with us okay. have you ever read it no I haven't it was very interesting because what you're saying reminds me of that um it was pretty much about stopping the cycle of abuse yeah um and how this woman left a marriage which was so hard for her to leave and she had experienced well she had seen witnessed her mom being abused by her dad and then apparently it was a generational thing. And then she stopped it in which it was so hard for her. It was like the best ending. One of those, you know, <laughs> Ooh, give me chills. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Love so, it. Um, so now, and now you're bringing this up now. So it, it's interesting. Um, and it really gives a lot of hope to people. I think women who are listening to this, that they can take like own, own their decisions and own their lives, take ownership of what happens to them. You know? Yeah. We don't, we don't have to sit just because, a lot of us have these limiting beliefs. I talk a lot about limiting beliefs, right? 
So a lot of us have these limiting beliefs that if this is where I came from, that's all I can do. Right. So like, yep, well, it's just a, it's just a pattern. Like this is, this is just who we are. We identify ourselves with how our parents are and we can change. We can break these limiting beliefs. I I talk a lot about energy. We can release the energy and heal ourselves so that we don't have to continue the pattern. And a lot of the times for, for the women I work with, it's like, because we, we have low self-worth and self-love, sometimes we don't do it for us. We do it for our children. And that's actually how I healed because one day my, you know, my son came into me and, and while I was crying and he said, it's okay, mommy, that you're sad. Like, I'll take care of you. And I was like, wait a minute, what? Like I'm supposed to be, they were going through the divorce as well. You know, like I was supposed to be taking care of them, not him taking care of me. So that really like, I had to be okay for my kids to be okay. So I, that's why I started healing. So it wasn't really for me, it was for my children. And I think that's important to realize because a lot of us won't make that decision for us. We'll feel like, oh, it's okay. This is just how I feel. This is normality. Like, you know, but when you think about your kids and what they're going to go through because of what you're going through, what you're not healing, it's a totally different game that you're playing there. For sure. Yeah, that's such a brilliant way of looking at it. Seriously. Because that's that could be the catalyst to getting healed. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned, you just mentioned about the energy work and intuition. So I'm curious to know, were there signs? Because typically someone who's very intuitive feels things, right? So I'm assuming that you felt things when you were dating, I'm sure in the beginning of your marriage. So would you say that you kind of like disregarded the signs or would you say that they maybe you were too biased because and subjective Mm -hmm. so so two things um I wasn't completely into the intuitive side of things until afterwards but I know that looking back that those red flags right that that was intuitiveness but the problem with narcissists is that there was a lot of times like if he was cheating on me or if he did something or if he was lying to me and I would bring it up to him. But then what would happen is that he would just bring it down. Like he would blame me for it, that I was the problem. This is the gaslighting that I talk about, right? So even though, yes, I felt those signs, every time I voiced them to to have a conversation about it, it was immediately put back on me. So therefore, I started to not be able to trust my intuition because every time I brought it up, it was like there was an excuse. And I didn't know it was an excuse at the time. I was fully playing into what he was manipulating me with. So therefore, I started to to doubt myself a lot. So any feelings that I ever got, I started to doubt them because of everything he would manipulate with me, manipulate me with when I would say what the, the intuition was bringing up for me. Oh, wow. That's so hard. Yeah. So how can women you know, trust themselves. And I guess like, what do you do when you're getting gaslit? Well, the first thing that's really important is to be aware that that's even happening, that it's even a thing. So, you know, and to, I usually say, give yourself space. So if you are in a relationship and you feel as though, oh my gosh, like everything she's saying, this, this is what I'm dealing with. It's like, you've got to get yourself out of it. Because I, I always talk about like people that are with the narcissist, you're in the lion's den. So it's really, really hard for you to trust yourself because you're constantly getting brought down and being told that you're wrong. So it's about giving yourself like a few days away to really kind of just not have any contact with them and just really um, focus on your own thoughts 
and your own feelings. Like journal it all out. Like, what are you feeling? And don't allow anybody else to tell you that what you're feeling is wrong. Um, you know, so, I mean, it's a very, it's a very sticky situation, but awareness, I always say is key. So I was not aware that gaslighting was something, but once you can be aware of the manipulation, give yourself some time to breathe first and then step back into it and be aware of the manipulation and realize that what they're saying is not the truth because again, they will tear you down. They will tell you things about yourself and, you know, degrade you and stuff. But like, you really have to kind of put a shield up, like a, imagine like a shield there and just realize that they're trying to manipulate you and kind of like make it a game as well. Because, you know, when you're in that situation, it's hard, but if you start to play the game that they're playing, you'll start to see it. Okay. Yeah. That makes total sense. I'm curious, how did you get into the energy healing aspect of things yeah. that, that develops a little bit later? Yeah, it was, it was funny because um, so after after we separated, I got involved with another narcissist right away because I didn't know about narcissism at that time. So I got involved with another narcissist right away. Um, and then like through that, like I was just suffering because, again, he's doing the same thing to me. And um, so I was like really devastated. And there were times where in my town at that time, we didn't have school buses. So I had to pick up my kids from school every single day. And I remember going to the, to the yard to pick them up. And there were so many people around, but like, I couldn't even talk to my friends because I was so emotional. Like I literally, if I, if I just opened my mouth, I would fall my eyes out. So at that time, like my friends knew that I was, I was suffering. And one of them was into energy healing, which was Reiki at the time. And they would say, Oh, go get Reiki done. And I was like, I was a certified public accountant before this. So <laughs> I was like Reiki. I mean, I was always into psychics and tarot readings and stuff, but I would, I was never into like any of that, this other stuff, but I was like Reiki. All right. Like, no, thanks. Right. I was like, just push it aside. And then one day um, she was talking to me about energy healing so she put it in a different isn't that funny right it's like yeah. one word will turn you off but like energy healing I was like at this time I was I was so devastated my my son had said that to me so I knew that I had to do something but therapy wasn't working I was going like two times a week at this time like it just wasn't helping at all um I always was uh, what am I going to talk about today like what am I going to rehash today like but I wasn't feeling any better so um so yeah, so she had said, well, what about an energy healer? And I was like, well, what is that? You know, and I was very skeptical about it because like I wasn't this woo-woo person at this time. And um, she had just explained to me that, well, actually, she didn't even explain it. She said, she started telling me about her experiences. And I was like, wow, like that feels a little bit hopeful. And then I started to, my science brain was like, well, we're all made of energy. Like, why okay, like, all right, let me just try it. Because at this time, I was willing to try anything. So I went. And it was just amazing. because She was an intuitive energy healer, which I absolutely love. So she was able to tell me things and say things to me. I remember crying like a baby on the table. And I swear, by the time I got out of there, I felt like something had completely lifted off of me. I, obviously, I wasn't completely healed. But like, just that sense of hope of feeling lighter and letting go of pressure because I was selling my house, rehoming my dog, you know, moving my kids into another place. It was just so much that I was dealing with at the, at the time that just leaving there with a sense of relief and like not worrying so much was such a blessing to me at that time. And then I'm the type of person who was like, 
well, what the heck was that? So I started researching it. And then I was like, I want to learn this to do it for myself. So I don't have to spend so much money every single week doing this. Um, and then I started to learn it. And with the narcissism and the energy, I was like, why don't we know about these things? You know, so therefore, I went in and started being an energy healer. And now I, I, just, I haven't told you, but I wrote a book, uh, will be, which will be coming out, which is called It's oh. Not You, It's Your Energy. Because I think like, just like the secret, right? That book, the secret about manifestation, like this is a secret that like everybody needs to know about because we are made of this yet. Nobody teaches us how to clear it, how to protect our energy, how to heal it. And it's really, you know, creating chaos in our lives when we are unaware of that. So that was like my journey. Absolutely. I, I love that. And I, I'm so excited to read your book. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm like totally all for these things. I've experienced energy healing myself. So. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's so interesting how you came from being a certified public accountant to an energy healer. <laughs> Imagine when I came out on Facebook of, of as a psychic medium after being a public accountant. So yeah, it was, it was an interesting uh, moment. <laughs> right. So I'm curious, how did that work in terms of, because energy healing is definitely a gift and, and, you, you could have a little bit of it and then you develop it like a muscle and the psychic uh, medium part though, that I always thought was you just, it just happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so <laughs> this is what's so interesting in my book. Cause I go into all of this because it's such a, it's such a misconception around it. And the way that I feel it's all energy, like all of it is energy. And if you think about it in like our human body, like we, we are made of energy, but what happens when we die? our energy doesn't die. It just trans transmutes, right? So what happens is our body is, you know, unfortunately dies, but our energy doesn't. So it just goes into a non-physical form. So with psychic abilities, all we're doing, like just if I was to connect to your energy and tell you like how you're feeling or if there's any blockages or anything like that, it's just psychics are really just, and mediums are just connecting to an energy that's not in a physical form. So it's just like a muscle and I, I teach psychic abilities and I talk about it being a muscle. And what happens is being in the human body, our brain, our ego, like there's just so much chatter up there all the time, like always doubting ourselves and questioning everything that we don't get to hear the messages unless we learn how to tap into them. So it, it is an, it is a, um, a muscle that you actually, you know, work on and you strengthen and it gets, you get to connect deeper and deeper as you strengthen the muscle. So just like energy, it is energy. So therefore it's all the same thing. Oh, interesting. Okay. My book is based on like around science. And that's why I talk about energy so much is because it really is just energy that we're connecting to, but people think it's like this phenomenon thing, like, yes. oh my gosh, but it, it really isn't. Anybody has the potential of doing it. I know it's so funny because some of my friends have told me, like, I've never heard, like, they'll say to me, like, I've never even heard of this concept of energy until I became friends with you. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, why? Like, it's such a basic, it's, it's scientific. I, yeah. I know what I mean. Like, yeah. as you said, like the atoms and everything were made out of energy. So, you know, a lot of people are scared to do energy work because they think it's against their religion. And like we talked about today, like, it's just science. It really is just science. Um, but we have these beliefs that it's dynamic, it's, you know, it's the demon and all this stuff. But what's funny is that I feel as though nobody is, um, I feel like people are being plucked, um, to these spiritual awakenings now, because I had a woman that I did the sound healing with that was across the river. So there was four Hasidic Jewish women 
who reached out to her. Don't know where they found her from, but you know, they're very strict. They didn't want anybody to know that they were going, but they were all feeling the same thing of, you know, they just wanted to connect. They were feeling this pull. So they reached out to her to use her studio and said, can we use your studio? We want to come over. And they came over, they were painting and writing and like, they just had such a great time and connecting. They did the sound healing and like, it was just such a beautiful experience. She was saying, you know, and then obviously they went back, but they felt as though they couldn't tell anybody because of the religion. And in the book that I'm writing, like I'd be very, very clear about energy is energy. It is the thing that we are made of. It is a science. And you can believe in whatever religion you want to believe in. Like there's, this is not trying to convert you from any religion to believe like different beliefs. Your beliefs are your beliefs and you have every right to whatever you believe, but don't, um, you know, discount something that's actually scientific because your energy, your, your religion tells you that this could be evil, right? It's a, you're really kind of, um, binding yourself from actually helping yourself feel better. So I, I feel as though the universe is really plucking us out and really giving us what we need, these spiritual awakenings and like realizing that there's something else out there that can really help us. But it's, it's really science. It's not religion. So I work with a lot of Catholics. I work with a lot of Christians, um, you know, and they're still Catholic and they're still Christian and they still believe in God. And none of this work um, says that you can't believe in any of that right? There's no regulations to any of it. It's, I always say, take what resonates and leave what doesn't, but see what kind of feels good for you and go with that. Like in the very beginning, I was, I, I was raised Catholic, so I didn't believe in past lives or reincarnation or any of this stuff, like, and fifth dimension, like all this stuff. Like I didn't believe in any of that. I was a CPA, like I said, right? So I was very skeptical about everything, but as the work that I've done, I can see now that how that works and how, how it plays out. But just take what resonates and leave what doesn't and allow yourself to be open-minded and realize that, you know, religion is one thing, but science is, is something different. For sure. And, and, and you're not saying to people like go and call spirits and talk to your dead, whoever, like there's energy healing and then there, there are different like levels to it. So like you said, take, take what works for you and, and what, what you're comfortable with. What, so. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you don't have to get into all of that woo-woo stuff. You just stay very, very, um, you know, in the standard of energy and going through the different level, your energy centers and just releasing the pain from the past. And that's all you got to do. If you're worried about getting into that other stuff, don't even worry about that. Right. Okay. So I want to talk about how you help heal these women. So do you only work with women? I do. Yeah. Right now, but with my book coming out, I'm leaning more towards just everybody. But right now I do, uh, for the past three years, I've been working with women to heal from toxic okay, relationships. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So these women who you help, first of all, I'm curious to know, let me go backwards a little bit. Um, can a narcissist get healed? They can try. I have never had experience with them. What I have noticed is like, cause I've worked with a few narcissists and I think they, they do make progress. Okay. Um, First of all, they don't think there's a problem with them. So them reaching out for help is definitely one of the roadblocks in, in right. before, right? But if you do get them to actually want help or like when they're, when you're trying to break up with them and they say they're going to change, like they will go for help for a little bit. So, um, and then they usually stop. But, um, what I have seen is that they will make a little bit of progress, but then they'll revert back. 
Mm, So I haven't seen, and I've heard from other healers too, that they've actually been able to heal them, you know, to get to a place of good intention. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Okay. So there's, there's a little hope. A little bit, like a little bit of hope, but yeah, I think it will take a lot. Their ego is so much in control, that human mind, right? That there's so much in control that I think it, it reverts them back. You know, it pulls them back into what they're used to and their safety zone and stuff where other people where their ego isn't really, it's affecting them, but it's not in control of who they are. Um, they, they open themselves up to, to healing and because they know that there's a problem, right? So, and people right. have to be ready to change. So if you don't think that there's a problem and you're doing it for somebody else, just like alcoholism or something, right? If you're trying to quit for somebody else, then you usually revert back because you don't have a big enough why or the feeling that there's even something wrong uh, versus when you're ready and you know that there's something wrong and you're ready for that change. That's when the change actually happens. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. That makes total sense. Yeah. Are narcissists born narcissists or is it something that's conditioned? I think it's conditioned. I don't, I don't think, I think it's conditioned. I think that narcissists are really just very hurt people as well. Very, very insecure. And I think when you go that way, you either go to codependent or you go narcissism. I keep it on the same spectrum, right? So um, you're either codependent or narcissist where I like to be is somewhere in the middle, right? We all have narcissistic traits. We all have codependent traits. My line of narcissism is the lack of empathy. So if they have no empathy for hurting people, then that really puts them towards the narcissistic side. So I think that narcissists are very hurt people, just like codependents are, but they go to a way of blocking themselves off, really closing their heart chakra down and are able to hurt other people because they're in pain. So they're really looking out for what they need to help them feel better versus caring about whatever anybody else needs. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. It's so interesting um, that concept you mentioned of when trauma happens to us, right? We eat, we ha- we we go in one direction or another, and they're both drastic directions. And it's not only with this narcissist and codependency; it's really with a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that you brought that up because the fact is that the middle ground is the healthy way to go for everything, and it's just about noticing patterns and and kind of fixing it to head into that middle ground. Yes, exactly. And on a daily basis, like, you know, like when you're on social media and you post a picture and like, you want those likes and stuff, like, you know, like on a daily basis, you can again, go through this spectrum, but overall, like you want to have empathy, but you also want to have boundaries for yourself. So uh, dependent, uh, codependents have massive empathy. This is why they overgive. This is why they're people pleasers you know, have no boundaries. They just like really wear their heart on their sleeve and let everybody take advantage of them um, because they're looking for that love where narcissists, they just want everything. They want everybody to do what they wanted, what they want them to do so that they feel good. So we're both trying to feel good about ourselves at the same side, but it's about really healing yourself so that you don't need other people's approval or other people's validation and, you know, allowing yourself to have boundaries and not feel cold hearted because you still have empathy for people. Right, right. That makes total sense. So was it the energy healing that kind of was the catalyst to get you into that healing mode? Like mode and 
in Belgrade? Yeah. So in the very, so for me, I was doing a lot of energy healing and I was, I was also doing sound healing too with that. So energy and sound, it's all the same. So it's all energy. But, um, I was also, one of the things that I teach is I, I like to teach both is reprogramming your limiting beliefs and also your energy. So we are spiritual beings living in a human body. So therefore we have to work with our human mind else. Again, like I just said, like the ego will take us back. So we have to learn how to kind of dance with the ego and also release the energy and be aware of our energy. So we we're two, we're two different like beings. So we have to mold them together and learn how to work with them together. And this is, I use the example of like for women in toxic relationships, like most of the time you will know right? In our mind, we will know that we're worthy, right? We give our all, we wear our heart in our sleeves, like people should be happy to be with us because we just give, give, give. So we know that we're worthy of this great relationship. But when I really ask them about their feelings, like I feel like I, I, I make them close their eyes and I ask them, you know, picture this beautiful relationship, this person that you've been dreaming of, who treats you good, treats you with respect, like, and then I ask them, do you feel worthy of that person? Most of them will say no. So they know that they're worthy, but they don't feel as though they're worthy. And the feeling is about the energy. So that's really important. So we've got to get the mind and the energy on the same page. So we've got to reprogram the limiting beliefs that we're not enough, abandonment issues, like stuff like that. And then we have to release the energy around it to get them on the same page. Interesting. Okay. That, that, that's my total sense though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that's like the new age way of business that we talk about all the time, you know, about limiting beliefs and about really believing in yourself and, and, and connecting, like aligning those two aspects. Yeah, it's the mindset, right? It's all the mindset. Yeah. But I think what's important is that what happens is a lot of people will teach the mindset, but not do the energy work. So it's like, it, imagine like, it's like telling you to think a certain way, think a certain way, but you feel something completely different. So it's misaligned. So you've got to get it both together to really make that impact. Right, right. Okay. And um, you mentioned listening to the ego. How would you listen to your mind and your healthy, the healthy aspect of yourself and disregard the ego? So again, awareness. So we've got to be aware that the ego is even there. So a lot of people, they are in the emotion is what how I say it, right? So something triggers them, something comes up, they get all in their emotions. And like, they're literally feeling those emotions, like they are in it, right? The, with, with the ego is you want to be aware of it, right? Eckhart Tolle talks about this in his book, um, The Power of Now, where there's two like kind of minds in there. So it's, it's you and you're listening to something like when you talk to yourself, like who's listening to it, right? It's like two different voices, two different things. Um, with the, with the emotions, it's about stepping outside of the emotion and being aware of the emotion. So instead of being like, Oh my God, I'm so mad. Like, and you're, you're so angry and lashing out and stuff. It's about stepping outside of it and going, well, wow, that kind of really makes me mad. Like that doesn't feel good. You know, so it's about being aware that you're feeling some kind of way or that I call it being triggered. So instead of like being triggered and lashing out and feeling all of those emotions. So really be aware of the ego and how it plays a part in your life and how it wants to always keep you safe. Um, and then also like cause drama. Too. <laughs> right. It's so interesting how awareness, it's actually quite fascinating how 
awareness can really be the be healing because very often we're just so involved in our own emotions when things come up that we can't step out and like look inside but when we do that it could really be the journey to to healing yeah it's the first step because if you're not aware that there's a problem right how do you fix it you're not aware just like the narcissist right they don't know there's a problem they're never going to fix it so it's really awareness is key is all i say is because you've got to be aware of everything that's happening around you instead of being in it. So step outside of that and start to recognize like what's happening. Like even with the narcissistic relationship with the gaslighting, like the question you had asked, that's about being aware that it's actually even happening. Because if you don't know that it's happening, you're in it. Right. Right. You're listening to every single word. You're 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 feeling like their words are the truth. And when you can step outside of it and be aware that it's just manipulation, there's a disconnection there. So you don't feel like it's truth to you, not your truth. Right. I, I wonder if the narcissist knows, is like aware. I mean, I'm sure they're aware, but is it like a conscious thing that they're trying to, I mean, it's really abuse. You know what I'm saying? Um, or yeah. is it more of a subconscious thing that they actually think that they're right? So they're just defending themselves. Do you know what I mean? I think it's both. I do. I think it's both. I think, I think main one is about that. They just think that they're right. So everything, you're the problem, you're the problem, you're the problem. Um, and then the other part of it is that sometimes when they know they're wrong, they're going to say they're right anyway, because they're trying to protect their ego. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes total sense. Were, were you nervous to start dating once you were healed, even though like you knew that you were healed? <laughs> um, First of all, I don't think we're all truly healed ever. I think that we always have healing to do. Um, but healing the codependency side of me, yeah, it's been a journey. So, and every time I go, when I, years ago, uh, probably about two years ago now, um, like going online dating and stuff was a test for me. Like I, once I started to see myself having those codependent tendencies again, like I would shut it down and then go to heal myself more. And I actually talk to my clients about this. Like once they feel like they're in this good place to start dating, I talk about using online dating to really kind of test yourself because believe me, there's lots of narcissists on there. So therefore it's like test yourself. And if you start to see yourself caring too much or overgiving or oversharing, like it's time to come back to the healing and continue the healing because in my program, we, we deal with the foundation of the healing. So really like the childhood stuff, but as you keep pushing yourself, like out of your comfort zone, like going into business was a big thing for me and my clients. Um, it goes to another like level of healing and there's other things that will come up that are keeping you away from showing up on social media or like that imposter syndrome or overgiving to your clients and, you know, stuff like that too. So, you know, healing that codependency isn't just about relationships. It's about business. It's about other relationships, family, friends, and all of that. So I think it's so important to keep healing. But yeah, it's been a journey for the whole dating. And I'm finally at a point where I'm so detached from the outcome. Like I, I my, my thing for clients is like, I just want them to love their lives so much being single so that they don't feel like they need somebody else in their life. They want somebody else in their life. And when you can get to that point, you're more likely never to settle for those toxic relationships because you'd rather be alone than be with somebody that brings you down. Right. Right. It's interesting that they mentioned that because I think that that really applies 
to a lot of things in life about needing versus wanting that. And sometimes when we need something, it really repels that thing that we want. So the way to get it is to not need it, which is to get to work on being detached from the outcome. It's the hardest thing to do as a human, right? <laughs> right? It's the hardest thing to do because it's the ego, right? The ego is the thing that needs it. And our consciousness, it's like, yeah, we're good. Like we're, we're fine. You know, universe is supporting us. We're all good. But it's the ego that is always like, oh my gosh, I need this. I need this relationship. I need to feel this way. And the ego comes from that inner work that you need to do to heal that part of it so that you can tell it's okay. Like my next book is going to be all about the ego because it really holds us back in so many different ways. Right, right, for sure. So when is this book coming out, the energy one? This book is coming out June 15th. Oh, so soon. Yes, I'm so excited. That is so <laughs> Finally. Exciting. Oh my gosh, congratulations. It must have been so much work. Oh my gosh, yeah. It's been it's been months and months of writing it and then rewriting and adding more and like editing it and proofreading it. Right now it's in the proofreading stage. So I'm excited to get it back and we're going to have a big launch party for it. So I'm super excited. I think, like I said, I really think it's a secret that everybody needs to know about. It's something that will change people's lives. It will, it will, it will bring clarity and awareness, you know? So like you said, just in that alone is so healing. If people can understand why they feel a certain way, like just that alone is so healing. Absolutely. Yes. I love that. I really do. Okay. What is something that you hope the next generation of women won't have to struggle with? You know, since I teach it, I'm going to say like these narcissistic men that put us down and make us feel less so that they can feel more empowered. And I just hope that the next generation of women, I hope this generation of women does so much healing that they break those cycles and teach our girls, you know, something better to look forward to and to really stand in their truth and stand in their power. I love that. I love that. Where can people find you if they want to learn more about you? Yes, they can find me on danielleandjanito.com. Very simple. Um, maybe they're not the name, but that'll be in your box. <laughs> right. They'll be in the show notes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So yeah, uh, they can find me on danielleandjanito.com. Uh, there's a place that you can even sign up for a, the pre-release of my book. Uh, you'll be invited to the book launch party, which will be giving away massive amount of things. Um, so really, really excited about that. I also have a Facebook group called Turning Pain into Power, too, if uh, any of the women are suffering. Thank you. Okay. And yeah, and all the information is going to be in the show notes. So if you want to look for Danielle for the spelling of her name, then check in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining me today. This was so nice. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. I've appreciated our time together. That's all for tonight. Thanks so much for listening. Connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Carmela Cosmetics. That's Carmela with a K. And on our website, CarmelaCosmetics.com. If there's a woman in your life whose story needs to be heard, send me a message to let me know who she is and why she means so much to you. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know your thoughts. We want you to feel heard. 